Today on The Breakdown. Long ago, there was a TV show called The $64,000 Question. Well, we don't have anything to say about that, but we do have something to say about this $64,000 tournament because that's the buy-in for this Triton Jeju-type high high buy-in event. Brent Kenny's in here. He's a big guy. <laughs> he dresses with clothes and stuff. He's up against um, Tanju. Tanju? He's up against an opponent. <laughs> Grant's going to tell me how to say that name when we, get, when we come back from the uh, music. I promise. Sorry for saying your name wrong, sir. Um, but let me say this. There is some high-gun-toting <laughs> shooting going on of the poker variety. We're going to talk about it all right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> Tan Juan. Tan Juan. Oh, man. Sorry, Tan. That was, that was bottom 10%. <laughs> Here's the thing that you need to know. I haven't seen this hand, so I'm just going on very little data here. <laughs> so we probably should let you do the opening. You had the data of the guy's name. You knew the name. I heard you say it once and wasn't really listening. You're like, what's the guy's name? I need to know this for the opening. And then you said it, and I heard Tan. And I like stopped listening because I figured it was fine. <laughs> and then you just <laughs> didn't say his name right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's okay. $64,000 buy-in because they're not doing the buy-in in U.S. dollars. They're doing it in Hong Kong dollars, HKD. Do you know anything about the TV show, The $64,000 Question, though? Uh, I assume there's a prize. Is it like who wants to be a millionaire? I think it was kind of like that, actually, yeah. And what would happen is um, the $64,000 question was insanely hard, of course, and no one ever got it. And so they started telling people the answers so they could have some, some winners. And they, they started telling people. It was one of the... Uh, that one was one, and the other one was... Uh, That's, was it called Countdown? It wasn't called Countdown. There's the other one that the movie Quiz Show is based on, too, which was basically where they were also cheating in that one as well. Was it a big um, scandal James when they Van Dorn. figured out the $64,000 really question deal. thing? Yeah. Both these things were really big deals. Robert Redford made a movie about the second one. Uh, yeah, really good movie, actually, starring uh, Ray Fiennes and uh, uh, other people. Who He's are, the English patient. Yes, he is. I haven't seen that movie. Also, um, John Turturro is quite good in it. He's the, uh, the yep. French patient. He is Jesus from uh, the, the Big Lebowski, and they're making a sequel movie starring him. Really? As Jesus, yes. It's coming out like That's in the next a year. pretty late sequel. Yeah, it's not by the Coen brothers. I think it's going to be on Netflix. I don't know, but come on. That's got to be interesting to people. Have any of the Netflix movies been good yet? Buster Scruggs was great. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Bird Box was at least pretty good. I've heard Beasts of Donation is good, but I haven't oh, seen it. It's supposed to be fantastic. I haven't seen it. Roma. Roma oh, should have yeah. won the Academy Award, but I haven't seen that either. Okay. I haven't seen any of them, so yeah. what do I know? I watched Triple Frontier. That was meh. Bird oh, Box yeah. was okay. I turned that one off. Bird Box was okay. Well, our movie review podcast will be coming another time. Maybe it will. I don't know. We've oh, kicked I it want around. To. I want to. We've recorded multiple entertainment industry podcasts that we've never released to the world before because we're like, let's try something. And then we're like, yeah, that wasn't very good. Meaning like we've done a movie review podcast, we did a TV review podcast. We did a Lost Rewatchable podcast kind of a thing. We, we tried did, all these different we things. We really were excited about an idea where we were going to do like try to do like serious in-depth reviews of terrible sitcoms mm. and we did the first episode of kevin can wait yeah and so we just ended up not liking the podcast that we made yeah and decided not to do it it wasn't that good but it was it was weird we we both watched kevin can wait made all these notes didn't talk about it to each other and then did this podcast it was kind of cool yeah it turned out 
in theory better than in yeah. practice. Yeah, I was like, who really wants to listen to this? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. We, we we only do the good stuff for you guys, which is what we're about to do right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and some other guy. All yeah. right, so this hand was suggested by Alex Klaus, Hall of Famer. Shout out to Alex, and uh, let me win one. Who's you know consistent? Oh shoot! You just you just slammed. Let me win one down a freaking. Hoop. Do you think Lenny Winwin's a Hall of Famer? Do you think he's consistent? Yeah, he's like Tony Allen. He's like not going to make the Hall of Fame, but he's pretty wow. good. He's uh, he's been on championship teams, you know. I feel like Lenny Winwin has been around for a while now. So is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know who. I don't know how many, how many people are in the Hall of Fame is the real question. Like, how big is this Hall of Fame? That's that's the first thing. I don't know. know. We have we might have to. I feel like there should be like max twenty people in the Hall of Fame. We have to kick people out if new people go in. Of course. I don't know. No. What do you mean, of course? That's not how okay. any Hall of Fame works. No, it doesn't. Start, okay. We should actually try and come up with a Hall of Fame. The 20 top suggestions. Boy, we're going to piss some people off if we well, do that. We'll do that. We'll do that in a few, Yeah, we're not going to do it now. In a couple of years. All and right. Then we could, and then we could induct people every year, like bring in two new people. That's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. All right. Let's, uh, let's get back to it, though. And we have to like put it on a website or something. We don't even have a website. Wikipedia, that, man. We don't have a website that works right now. Okay. We will soon, though. That's good enough. We're going to have to sell books. Yeah. Anyway. Let me win one. Alex Klaus suggested this hand on Twitter. If you have a suggestion, you know how to do it. If you don't know how to do it, I'm going to tell you. You go to the poker guys on Twitter and you suggest a hand there. <laughs> you <laughs> include a YouTube link and a timestamp. Right. And that's all you got to do. That's it. Um, it's easy. Everyone does it. Of course, there are some hands that aren't on YouTube. Most likely Poker Go hands are the ones I'm thinking of. And you can still suggest those as long as you tell us when it happens in Poker Go. It mm-hmm. just won't be made into a video. It'll be a podcast only hand. Right. If we d- decide to do it, that is. So, yeah, $64,000, six max buy-in. That's a significant buy-in. Sure. But it seems so pedestrian now because they're doing these Triton things all the time, it feels like. Well, the last podcast we recorded was uh, Triton 25K Turbo, which is bigger than almost every event at the World Series, but is probably the smallest event they have at Triton, right? Yeah. And so it doesn't feel like as... It's like, so what? But of course it should matter, but it's hard. A 25K buy-in used to be a huge fucking deal. Yeah. I mean, it still is, you know, for most humans. Right, right. I mean, if I bought into a 25K, I would be like, wow, this is a big deal. I've never played in a 25K. Neither have I. I've only played in the 10K main event. But uh, so that's, you know, a lot less than 25K. Indeed it is. But from the viewer perspective, 25K has become like, that's not really a high roller, right? It's like a mini high roller, you know? And then, of course, Poker Stars blew up the world with their Poker Player Championship where they put in 300 players into a 25K and it brought out all the good players because like well it's the best value ever and now 25k's can actually be big tournaments because of that well that one that one can we'll see if it keeps happening i think they're going to do it over and over again i would expect but we'll see it's a big success anyway we have 20 remaining out of the 79 players who entered this event so we're not really very close to the money no still quite a ways away uh and we've got tan juan who is bryn kenny's opponent and we looked him up he has an interesting hand in he doesn't have many results he has a total of let me take a look here He's got like eight results, and his three most recent results are his biggest. They're all from May 20... Oh, no. One's from May 2018, and two are from May 2019. Are his three most recent results for 2.3 million, 343,000, and 300K. And they are all in Triton events, and they're all in short deck anti-only events. Are they also all min caches? I know the big one is a min cache, the 2.3 million. No, that's not a min cache. I thought you said it was a million dollar buy-in. No, the two point three million US. The buy-in is a million oh. HK. Oh, okay, that's not at all. He got second place. Oh, okay, yeah, 
Fair enough. Second place in that. So this guy is a short deck killer. I guess maybe? he is. I mean, like his three biggest scores making up like, so his, his total hand is 3.4 million. Those three scores make up, what is it? Like almost 3 million. It's possible so. he just plays all the cash games and then, you know, is good at short decks, so plays short deck tournaments, the big short deck tournaments too, right? Yeah, I guess. So anyway, I don't think this guy is likely to be a no limit hold'em tournament crusher. Right. Um, maybe short deck tournament crusher, but probably not okay. no limit. Uh but very interesting Hendon. I, I haven't seen one like that before. Brinkenny, of course, is Brinkenny, who's really good. And very good at No Limit Hold'em. So Tan Juan is on the button. 20K big blind. He has 942K in front of him. So pretty nice stack for the stage of the tournament. Yeah. Going to open to 43K on the button with a six of hearts. Not much to say there. Nope. Seems normal, except for... I have, I have a question about how we all do this when we're doing min plus raises. Like... Why are we making it 43 instead of 45 here if we're Tanjuan? Is there any actual difference? It's 2,000 cheaper. You save 2,000 chips every time you make it so, 43 instead of 45. If you have the same amount of fold equity, but why you, wouldn't you make it cheaper? But would you have the same amount of fold equity if you made it 40 or 41? I actually don't think you have the same amount of fold equity if you make it 40 specifically. 41 may be the same. I actually think even amongst good players, maybe I'm wrong, but that um, there is like a, it's really hard to fold to a min raise these days. Like, everyone just knows you're never supposed to do that. So people almost never But if you're a really good player, you know that 41 and 40 really aren't different. No, you're right. You're right. And 43 is not that much different. Again, I don't know that 43 and 45 are getting any different amounts of folds. So we're just causing the dealer more work by making it 43. I mean, it's not that much more work, is it? No, but it's like, is it necessary? Like, what's the point? It's something I've kind of always thought about. I mean, the reason is every time you get re-raised or every time you lose the pot, you have 2,000 more in your stack. That's a good reason to only make it 43 instead of 45, at least. Now, if you want to say why 43 and not 41 or 40, I can't answer that really well. But I mean, I feel like not to make it 45, at least. I just think it's interesting that even like among high-level players, not that I know if Tanjuan is actually a high-level player, but something you see among high-level players, it feels like... For each blind level, there's just kind of an arbitrary number chosen if they're mm-hmm. not going to min-raise. Yeah. And why wouldn't you choose a more even-numbered arbitrary number? I mean, often it, it also goes like someone at the table starts raising that amount, and then everyone else just does that. That happens. Yeah. Not always, but that, that really happens a lot. Sometimes really. it has to do with the chip denominations. Like yeah. um, at 612, if you want to do a min-plus, it's like really easy to do 2,500. Mm-hmm. Super easy. Yeah. You know, type of thing. But... I don't know. It just feels weird and arbitrary and a thing that every poker player does. And it like, is. I do it. I don't. I don't really know why either. Yeah. I want people to feel like they're not getting the best price ever. But you don't want to make it forty-five k. You want to make it forty-three k. I try and keep it small. But I. But actually, I. I actually vacillate these days. I usually make it more than forty-three in this spot. Actually, now, like I've gone back up a little bit now because yeah. everyone calls now. So like, I make it a little more again. I've I've gone all over the place, man. Like. Back in 2015, I was min-raising everything because all the good players were min-raising everything, and it felt right. You know, you had sure. some fold equity, but then that fold equity kind of went away. And I started 2.5xing yep. uh, for a while up until even pretty late stages in the tournament until average stack got kind of short, and then you go back to min-raising. And now I'm kind of back to min-raising. At least during really? the World Series, I, I got back to min-raising, like, even at, like, the 600-1200 level um, hmm. in, in deep events, like... It seemed to have the same effectiveness as making it 3K. Really? At, oh, that's at that interesting. Level. Yeah. I um trying to think. I min-raised maybe six times all summer. Like, I barely min-raised at all. Now, I did min-plus raises constantly, so basically the same thing. But 
it is interesting. I did a lot of two and a half Xing a lot of the way. I yeah. will say, like, I'm pretty into two and a half Xing, where I feel like that's a nice in between. I actually have legit fold equity. The big blind is going to fold a fair amount, and it doesn't cost me that much when I get re-raised. It's sort of a nice, a nice middle ground. It seems. I was actually, uh, I didn't min raise all the time, but I found that if I was at a table where I felt like I could open a lot, I was min raising, and if I was at a table where I didn't, I was two and a half Xing. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, just. It's interesting how we do all this sizing stuff in poker. And we always think whatever the prevailing wisdom is, is correct. But like, we don't know what the hell we're doing. Of course not. No, maybe, I mean, maybe five Xing is right. You know, there's been years when I've definitely, uh, min raised exclusively at all levels, you know, and then yeah. there's been years when I haven't done that at all. And like I said, this year I did it six times. I mean, it has to summer. be, it has to be clearly wrong to min raise the first level of a tournament, right? That has to be wrong. I mean, I don't know if I agree. Like you like to limp in the first level of a tournament. I, so, I mean, I no, I don't like to like. You, that's you, a mischaracterization. Fine. Yeah. Like I, I decided to explore limping the first level of major events with huge mm. with like and you huge liked stacks. It, right. I, I like I liked what I got out of it. Okay. Yeah. So when I said you like to limp in the first level of a tournament, I wasn't that far off, right? I was like kind of in the general ballpark. I mean, you're mischaracterizing. Me. <laughs> okay. So if you want to play a lot of hands and um, a min raise knocks out some of your competition, but usually isn't going to knock out everyone. The pot is still really small. If you, you know, you're usually not going to get blown off the hand anyway when you're deep. I don't know. I think I might like a, a min raise more than a limp. In those uh, I disagree. I, I, part of it is comfort in playing post-flop. Like, I don't like having the onus of being the aggressor necessarily in those spots. I never feel that onus in those spots, though. And level one, I never care. Like, I'm just like, I always say to myself, I don't have to bet. Like, sure. I'm not like just because I was the guy who raised doesn't mean anything to me. Like when we're super deep and the pots don't mean much, like I just don't care. So I think that's part of it, though. Like if you feel like you're supposed to see bet most of the time, and I'm sure I probably still see bet. Anytime the board is favorable to me, you know, my range, I'm going to see bet, um, depending on the amount of players. And uh, maybe maybe sometimes it still doesn't always work as well as I would like. But I give up way, way, way more often in the early levels because who cares? It's yeah. just not that big a deal, you know. So I so I feel because of that too. I'm, I feel much more open to like taking the initiative early and only continuing to have, like, I'm happy checking back and, or just checking, yeah. check building, whatever. I, just like, I, I like, I like limping in the first levels, man. It feels good. Something about it feels good. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't like it as I really like a min raise way more, but let's not have this discussion right now. We could have it. And even on this show, but let's not have it right now. Let's get back to our, all right. The fine. Actual hand. So Tanjuan makes it 43 K for pro reasons. He probably doesn't know. And <laughs> that's right. That's how we got into this. Yeah. Um, he, out of his 942 K stack, Bryn Kenny is in the big blind. He's got 623K. So he's got just over 30 blinds, 31 blinds to start the hand. And he has king six off. Same hand as uh, Patrick Antonius had in the other hand we just did. It's a little weird, but okay. It's crazy, man. All right. So this is a pretty standard spot for a call with 31 blinds. Sure. Bryn Kenny decides he wants to win the hand. Don't hate it. Right now. I think it's fine. He's going to three bet. He's going to make it 141K. Okay. Over the 43K. Sure. I like the sizing. I feel like it's pretty good. Yep. How do you feel? Um, 140, 143 over 43? 141 over 43. Because um, 141 yeah. is a lot better than 143. To yeah. Me. Um, I like it. I think you could actually go even a little bigger, but I like it. Yeah. He's out of position. I think you can make a little more, but Just I think it's fine. Another quick, weird, quirky sizing thing. I, I like what Bryn Kenny did here, making it 141 instead of 143. I like I, it's not just 100. Yeah, I feel like it's easier to get folds when it's like yeah. harder to get the right amount, mm. even if it's less. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. All right, so this is a weird spot for Tan Juan. Of course, he knows Bryn Kenny by reputation, 
but he has ace six of hearts and they're 31 blinds effective and Bryn Kenny just made it seven blinds. Feels like a fold in most scenarios, right? I think against Bryn Kenny in a spot like this, it's also a lot of shoves. Yeah. I think that's mostly what we're doing is we're shoving or folding though. Yeah, it feels like this is a pretty clear shove against Bryn Kenny, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can't shove every single time against King, Bryn Kenny with this hand probably in this spot, but like most of the time, I think you just shove it and like you just don't have it that much, right, Bryn? You're three back constantly. Like I have an ace. It's a suited ace even. Oh my God, how, how incredible. And it feels like, yeah. I mean, it sucks to get snapped off and lose yeah. 31 blinds, but he's trying to give you seven blinds right now. So, I mean, if we have ace Jack, we're also going to ship it in and it sucks to get snapped. Although True. there's a few, there's a few hands we can actually live with getting snapped by there. Yeah, like tens, tens, yeah. tens and nines. Right. Uh, maybe eights, but that's it. Right. Besides that, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> I guess Brent could actually have ace Jack yeah. also and be chopping with us where we're losing ace Jack with ace right. six. But that's, those are the only differences really in terms of how these hands practically play out. I think. Yeah. I feel like against the majority of the poker playing world, this is a fold. But yep. against Bryn Kenny, it's probably a shove. Yep. Tan, Tan decides to call. Yeah, I don't like I don't, that. I don't love it. I really maybe don't. Maybe in short deck, this there's, is a good play. Maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't know. He, he probably knows. But there's 312K in the pot after he calls. And Kenny started the hand with 623 and made So he's Kenny's under 500K, and there's 312 in the pot. Seems like I mean, with, if we ace, flop, with ace six, like it's not a, not a great spot. If we flop an ace, we just have to hold on now. Yep. I don't see like any option except to just not fold to Bryn Kenny and hope. But this is why like shoving is probably better. Like, yeah, we actually fold out maybe some slightly better aces sometimes even. Maybe that Bryn, that Bryn might turn into a bluff. like ace eight off or something. Yeah, ace like seven, that. ace eight, or or even ace six. You know, yeah. the chop, which he absolutely might just decide to raise and be like, eh, fuck you, I have a blocker. You know, right. and instead we just get to win. Anyway, eh, fuck you, I have a blocker is uh, the catchphrase of 2019. And yeah, everyone's saying that. And that it's also the song it, of the summer. And it's also the nitrogen of the nitrogen. Yeah, that's the other thing. It is the element of the element. That's actually pretty cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You know what else is cool? <laughs> what? Survivor pools in NFL football, Jonathan. Tell mm. them all about it. Okay, so Survivor is this game where you get all these people on an island and you don't feed them for like a month. Yeah. And they have these immunity and challenges. Whichever one doesn't die wins. They get a pool. <laughs> <laughs> they get to swim around the yeah. end. That's a survivor pool. Okay, now, now do the real thing. Okay, survivor pools are very fun things that uh, are about the NFL. And so each week you pick one team out of all the teams and they have to win that week. If they don't win, you're out of the pool. But if they win, you get to advance to the next week and you can only pick each team once. Whoever is left standing at the end, not in terms of those teams, but in terms of the players, you and everyone else, gets the whole pot. And guess what? Nitrogen has a whole bunch of them survivor pools, Grant. Oh, yeah? What yeah. What kind of buy-ins are we talking about? A whole bunch of buy-ins grant a whole spectrum of right, grant. you're gonna have to stop doing that <laughs> okay <laughs> anywhere from free all the way up to one bitcoin buy-in so that's very little to very much or nothing yeah. to very much and everything in between so even if you don't have a big budget um you can play probably three or four the 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 free one and a few of the smaller buy-in ones if you want to get in on this and nitrogen is great this way they have guaranteed prize pools the free one they guarantee i think at least half a bitcoin they haven't actually announced it yet before we're doing this so we don't know exactly this year what the guarantees were last year i think it was half a bitcoin though for the free one um which is super sweet you know it's thousands of dollars just in there just to be won by anyone you'd be crazy not to use the link in this description of this podcast and sign up for nitrogen and play these pools especially the free one because it literally costs you nothing yeah. you don't even have to acquire bitcoin by the to way do it's this. very easy to sign up it's not it's just yeah. a username and a password that's it, it takes no time yeah they don't care <laughs> 
That's yeah, right. anyway, so get in there. Get on Nitrogen to do some survivor pools. You can also, of course, do all sorts of other sports betting and, of course, poker. There's poker. And there's special poker guys tournaments. We have one every month right now. You've heard about it before, but it's wonderful. There's a thousand buy-ins guaranteed. We've never gotten more than a hundred players. You have to use the link in the description in order to get access to that tournament. You have to find your inner strength. Yeah. Like, uh, like Denzel did in the book of Eli. Like Denzel did in the book of Eli in the movie fallen. Remember that? I don't remember that one. Really? It's where the devil is possessing people and, and become is like a serial killer that jumps around from body to body. Better than it sounds when I tell that description, but worse than people talk. People say it as if it was good. It wasn't. So it's actually the movie itself is better than the Book of Eli then because that movie was not very good. It's probably comparable, maybe even slightly worse. But Book of Eli had cool um, uh, like imagery and stuff like that. Like really, it was really well shot and stuff. Got an iPod. It was um, that movie was probably slightly better than Fallen, but they're both mediocre. Denzel's done a lot of mediocre movies that people love. I don't yeah. really get it. I don't know if people Deja Vu. I are you kidding people me? People love Deja Vu. Come on, Deja Vu. People don't love Deja Man Vu. on Fire. Over freaking rated. How about okay, that? Man, Man on, on Fire overrated. Is, Man on Fire is fun. Denzel out for the blood. Equalizer more like the equal crap. No, no. I was gonna mention <laughs> Man on Fire and the Equalizer because those are two like obviously popcorn flick stupid yeah. movies, but they're great revenge movies if you just want to watch somebody just kill people. Unstoppable, <laughs> more like uncrappable. Okay, that was actually pretty good. That was actually, all right. Yeah. But, but Tony Scott's last film. Show was, some respect. When Show is, some respect. The man is dead. What's the last good movie Denzel was in at this point? I mean, do we know? The Magnificent Seven? More like the crap. Oh, that, well, that movie was terrible. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Magnificent <laughs> shit. I mean, Training Day was good, but that oh, was yeah. in the late 90s. Yeah, so. That was when Ethan Hawke was a young man. Yeah. <laughs> Training Day was great. Oh, yeah. So fun. Very good movie. Um, but yeah, what, 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 this is what happens. You're a movie star. You're making all these movies. You're highly respected and you become Al Pacino, Denzel Washington and Robert De Niro. And you just make crap for years. Haven't you seen the intern? De Niro's wonderful. In that. <laughs> They're actually He's an uh, old intern. How can you go wrong? Sounds hysterical. Uh, De Niro's in a new Martin Scorsese movie coming out on Netflix yeah, the called Irishman. The Irishman, which I don't know. Maybe that'll be good. It's Scorsese. It's probably going to be good. I hope. Anyway. Uh, nitrogen sports get you some yeah, poker. Nitrogen sports get you poker. <laughs> Quick thing about Scorsese. I, I saw a pretty funny tweet about Scorsese movies and how it's like every Scorsese movie is like, oh man, we're doing crime. It's pretty cool, but it's kind of fucked up, right? But anyway, we're making a lot of money, so that's pretty sweet, but also isn't it kind of fucked up? But also isn't this kind of cool? But also it's a little bit fucked up. Like that's exactly every Martin Scorsese yeah, movie. Yeah, I guess that kind of is. Yeah. yeah. Like even Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah. It's basically that, yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, Wolf of Wall Street, is that Scorsese's best movie? Uh, well, I, I think that would be a controversial opinion, but I, I, I love I love that movie. I, know. I mean, Casino, Goodfellas. Casino is amazing. Goodfellas yeah. is amazing. I, I'm actually on the Casino train versus Goodfellas, but yeah, Wolf of Wall the Street. The Departed is, is fantastic. It is. It but is. Wolf of Wall Street may be my favorite of all of them. That movie's it might be mine amazing. too. It's really fun. Anyway, Jonah Hill. Get you some poker. <laughs> Jonah Hill crushes that shit. All right. Anyway, let us get back to the hand. If you have any recollection of what's going on, <laughs> so Elky Limp, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, Tan Juan made a 43K on the button yeah. with Ace, Six of Hearts. Bryn Kenny out of the big blind has 31 blinds, three bet to 141K with King Six off. Got called by Tan Juan, which Weird. we did not like. Weird. We thought he should shove. Yeah. And if he's not going to shove, he should fold. Yeah. Anyway, there's 312K in the pot now. And the flop is Ace of Clubs, Queen of Diamonds, Four of Diamonds. Okay. Well, so, remember we were talking about holding on. Yeah. Time to hold on. Right. And and this is like a, a pretty Obvious spot for Brin Kenny to see bet, obviously. Like, of course. Uh, with the ace high flop. 
What sizing do you like? 312 in the pot. Britain's got under 500 to start the hand. Board is again ace of clubs, king of clubs. Ace of clubs, queen of diamonds, four of diamonds. Um, I don't think Britain is the size that's super big or anything like that. Uh, no. So I think 120. How about 63? Really? Yeah. Wow. It's kind of cool, right? Bryn bets 63K okay. into 312. I mean, he's not folding out any one pair hands yet. No. Maybe, two, ten, two tens is calling. Maybe he folds out an under pair to the entire board. Those hands are usually four, bet all, four betting all in. All there. right. That's true. And also, the entire board it ends with a four, so it'd be deuces or threes. Yeah. But even, even like sevens and eights are just shoving on him, right? Pre. Yeah. So, what are we. We're hoping to fold out hands like Queen Jack suit. Nope, nope, sorry. King Jack and Jack 10 suited. And Those aren't like folding. They have good nope, shots. They're not for 60K. 9, 10 suited, 8, 9 suited. There's not that much. We can 7, fold. 8 suited. Eight, All right, as long as we continue, we just have to continue on the turn then if we're going to yeah. bet this little. That's fine. Uh, Tan's decision is usually a very simple call, and it probably is here as yeah. well. It's just that the sizing is so small. Yeah, just you just call and like, all right, what's next? Well, Bryn's going to have about a pot, actually almost exactly a pot size bet on the turn if Tan calls. So mm-hmm. with that being the case and there being a, some draws out there, it's not crazy to shove probably if I you're think, Tan. I think Bryn Kenny being your opponent, it's crazy to shove. Because you just want him to keep betting. You just have to like sit there for a while, make it like it's a really hard decision, put the chips in and hope he shoves the turn and you call no matter what the turn is. I don't know if there's, if the queen pairs, you kind of hate it, but call anyway, because you figure he's going to put all the chips in almost no matter what. Yeah. So you just, you have to give him a chance to do that. I don't think you should ever take away Bryn Kenny's shove. It's like his Bryn Kenny-ness. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, check raising Victor Blom when you've got top set. Don't do that. Let Victor Blum, he's going to be all in on the turn. Let him be all in on the turn. He's going to have no equity most of the time, you know. To put it another way, you can take the Kenny out of the Bryn, but you can't take the Bryn out of the Kenny. Exactly. You know, you know. I was actually going to say that. Yeah. But you beat me to it. Yeah. So anyway, Tan makes the right decision here in our opinion, and he does call. Good. Everything's pretty straightforward. This is super set up for him. Except for the sizing that Bryn has done on the flop. It's, it's, uh, It's pretty straightforward. Yep. So... Let's see. He's got so Bryn now has 439k and the pot is 438k. This is super straightforward. Now Bryn might be shutting down because he's only has a pot size bet, yeah. but he may also feel like I have fold equity. I can fold king queen out here, and especially like when he bets so small on the flop right. and he's getting called by all the gut shots and all of the pairs under the queen too. Like mm-hmm. Dan's probably not folding two sixes. If Bryn had bet 150k, maybe he folds two sixes, but again, 63k. I don't know if Tan's even calling two sixes pre instead right. of shoving but it. But he, he did call a six suited, so maybe he like. Maybe Bryn knows something about this guy's range because maybe this guy just doesn't four-bet a lot and maybe. he like has his whole range here. Yeah. So that's possible. Anyway, the turn is the eight of spades. Okay, that's pretty clean. Pretty clean. Uh, Jack-10 is now a double gutter, and pocket-8's got there, obviously. Fine. Whatever. What do you think? Do you think Bryn should keep going, or do you think he should give up? I think Bryn should keep going because he bets so small on the flop. He is now... He does have... He can fold a lot of things out, just not this hand. You think he should ship it? Pot size shove? I think he should. What do you think? I like I like shipping it. Like, what's King Queen gonna do when you go all in? It sucks. Yeah. What's two tens? Two tens, which we're like holding on for sixty k. Although like, they're not in there, are they? We're saying like two sixes. We think none of those hands are in there. If they're in there, they have to fold mostly, right? That's do they not good. have to fold to a smaller bet too? Um, they probably do have to fold to a smaller bet too. That is true. So maybe shoving isn't the best idea. Hmm. I guess, but I think, like, what about King-Queen? King-Queen may hold on to a smaller bet. That's, yeah. That's the only... That's, but Bryn that's blocks King-Queen. Because Bryn has what? King-Six. 
Oh, right. I forgot Brent's hand entirely. I just knew he had crap. That was in yeah. my head. It was just crap. Well, it is, uh, it is King High. You yeah. know how they like put the, the players' faces and they do the equity percentage and yeah. all that in the pot and then the cards? I just saw two little white things with, with little shit stains on them where Brent Kenny's, where Brent Kenny's cards would be. Do you have a condition? Really, you like have yeah. you imagine cards with poop on them all the time? Is that your condition? I have a different con- condition than that. Oh, but you want to talk about it, or is that more of a private thing? That's for that's between me and my my veterinarian. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Um, Bryn is going to go small again. Okay, this is what's interesting about Bryn Kenny. He does stuff like this. He's yeah. like always willing to risk stuff that other players seem seemingly aren't. Okay, because it feels like if I were in the spot. I would naturally shove if I was going to We have a continue. pot size bet. It feels like we get max fold equity. We can have ace, ace king here and stuff like that. It feels like well, pretty reasonable. There's something to learn from Bryn Kenny probably because he always has a ton of chips at the end of tournaments, he does. right? He does. And I don't think he's accumulating them by coolering people for the most part. Mm-hmm. So he bets 113K, which is once again quite small. 113 into 438. Wow. That is so small. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he's trying to make it as easy as possible for us to call all, to get all in against yeah. us, right? He looks like now. I mean, I mean, it, it takes it, takes it feels balls. like he has queens now. It feels like he has pocket queens, right? It takes balls to do this as a bluff, right? Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, it's basically like a please continue with your queen or your ace. I would love that so much. That is what it looks, you know. Like. Yeah, and that's really cool that he's doing that because people don't really do that so often when when they're bluffing. They're like, I just gotta put it in. Pray, you know, hope it works out. Right. Like uh, when we did the Antonius hand, I think it was, I'm not sure exactly the order. Last week, probably. Probably last week. Um, So Charlie Carroll tells a bad story against Patrick Antonius where he overshoves the river and the line doesn't make any sense. And it's like, do you really, like, what would you have here? But this, this line makes sense. Like this story is good. Yeah. It's like I have ace king. I have ace queen. I have ace jack. I have a big ace yeah. be- or better. Yeah. That's what I have. Like, I hope you have a bad ace or king queen or something you're going to hold on with. And I'm going to size, I'm going to price you in so you just feel like you have to call Right. It looks like there. he's saying, like, I don't want you to fold your queen yet. Right. Like, don't like, fold a queen. Please give me more. Yeah. Right. If you have a draw, please shove. It's actually like, kind of sweet. You know? Yeah. Anyway, tan is like, you can't shove if you're tan, right? I don't know why we would, right? Like, don't we? Like, either Bryn's got us crushed or we're way ahead. And I mean, he could spot. have a diamond draw, and that's you okay. I want to deny equity, but whatever. I mean, is, I mean, is Bryn folding his diamonds on? The, I don't know how much his the pot. I don't know how much he has. He at this probably point. Is, he's probably shoving his. If diamonds he has a combo it. diamond draw, he's not. He's not going to fold. But he's either he, going to shove his diamonds or bet small with the com- the stuff he can call with. I mean, it's weird that he bets small with anything, so it's hard to know. Right, but no, he could bet small with big with. Like it would be really absurd for Bryn to to put himself in a spot where he's got diamonds and he has to bet fold the turn. Oh yeah, never let himself. I don't think he would have to bet fold. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like he's either going to bet, he's betting hands that he can call with if if it's a draw, or he's going to shove them. Right. He's not gonna he's not gonna bet an amount where he loses chips and can't realize his equity. What if he had just a bad gut shot like queen ten or king ten or something? Um, sorry, not queen ten. That he might that he might do this with. That's different though, right? That's so much less equity. Yeah. Um, he may shove that. He may give up with that. He could do all different things with that. But like a diamond draw is too good to just give up on. I don't think he's given up with King 10 because he's not with King 6. There so you go. I would guess he's not. Yeah. He actually has equity with King 10. All right. He's so Tan, dead here. Tan decides to call again. Yep. Just like hoping it's okay. I mean, I think you have to hate your life and call. I think that's the plan. Right. You kind of wish he would shove the turn, but he's not going to do that. So, okay, we call. All right. Pot is 664K now. You're like, give me a brick. Give me <laughs> and, a brick. And, I will take a six. And Brynn has 326K. I mean... He's got almost exactly half a half pot. Yeah. River's a deuce of diamonds. Does complete the flush draw. Yeah. And Brynn just goes for it. He goes all in. 
this is how he does it, man. This is, this is one spot. of this is one of the ways that he does it. Like nobody else, like assuming ten folds, nobody else makes this much money in this hand, right? This is insane. Does anybody? Does any other player make this much if ten folds? I mean, there's probably three other guys. Yeah, right? like everybody else either like wins on the turn or is out after they shove the turn. Right. Yeah. Um. This is just such a ridiculous spot now that Tan is in <laughs> that Bryn has put him in. Yeah. And he's but, just like, he's like, yeah. I, the thing is, it's Bryn Kenny. He has all the bluffs, obviously. He has all the bluffs. The thing is, now we can take away maybe some of his value that we had before, right? Because of the diamonds came because in? Because the diamonds come in. So it's he, possible that Kenny's like, I'm short enough. It doesn't yes. matter if the diamonds come you in. Know isn't, isn't Tan shoving the turn if he has I, diamonds anyway? I have ace jack. Like, I'm not, not I don't think I'm getting the, it in here. Let's go. I don't go. think the diamonds matter. Tan you know is what? really shoving the I diamonds at some point. I agree with you. Yeah. So it doesn't matter at all. Okay, so the diamond looks like a bad card, but actually it's kind of a brick. Yeah, it's actually... Like Bryn, a, Kenny, Bryn Kenny maybe gets there a little bit sometimes. Yeah, it's actually good drop. for Bryn. He's more likely to have Jack diamonds. Jack 10 of diamonds he has, more, much more than Tan does, right? Yeah, yeah, he has all the diamonds more than Tan does. Well, but he doesn't have diamonds that are um, so bad and so non-showdownable that he can bet... Like, he would remember, he, we were saying he has to be able to bet call on yeah. the turn. So I, so I don't know if he can have like four or five of diamonds or something. Well, that's actually uh, the four of diamonds on the flop. Okay, but you see what I'm saying, Like right? three five of diamonds is a combo draw too, so he could have called with that. Okay, but... Some other weird diamonds, then you know what I mean. There's like eight deuce of diamonds or something. Okay, if he had that, but like, like he's going to shove that on the turn or check fold it, I don't, and probably shove it. Right? He's he's. I doubt he's going to. Uh, he's going to bet small and fold when shoved on. You know, with diamonds, it's my guess. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but so so so. But the point is this: Brent Kenny keeps all his value. Actually, I agree with you. Um, and he adds a little bit to it because the diamonds come in. Right. He's the guy who can have diamonds. So let's talk about what the value is. Okay, good. What's the bottom? Is it ace jack? Feels like ace jack is the bottom. I think you can have ace ten. You think ace ten? Yeah, I do because ace jack is probably just going to shove on him pre, and they're getting it in anyway. Like who cares? Okay, let's if we go, give let's him, get value from the worst hands. All right, if we give him ace ten, yeah, there's a ton of value from Tan's perspective then. Yes, which really kind of sucks. I mean, there's eight combos of ace ten from Tan's perspective, mm-hmm. eight combos of ace jack. Yep. Uh, there are six combos of ace queen and eight combos of ace king and eight combos of ace king. Yep, that's a lot. How much is that total? I was not doing um, that. It's 30. 30, okay. And then on top of that, we have one combo of ace-ace. Yes. We have three combos of queen-queen. Yep. And we have probably three combos of 4-4, four, four, I would guess. Let's say yes. So we're up to around 40 combos. 37. And then we're going to add some diamonds in there probably. Let's add not too many, but a few. Let's call it 44 combos yeah. of now value. That's quite a, quite a bit. Uh huh. I don't know. Maybe Kenny can sometimes have Ace Four. Maybe can somehow sometimes have um, another one of the Ace, oh, like ace, ace four. Deuce. Ace Four. Yeah, you should definitely have Ace Four in there. So there's there's it's, another six combos. Okay, and around fifty combos of value that makes sense. Yep. But let's talk about the bluffs. It's everything. Right. It's Bryn Kenny. It's everything. That's the thing. Because it's everything. This is like, it's weird. Like in this spot, when you're actually in this spot, and I have not been in this spot against Bryn Kenny. Let me be clear. I've never played with Bryn Kenny. But um, this is where you're like on the river and he goes all in and you're like, well, this is why either, this is the, this is the high variance Bryn Kenny thing for both of us. Like sometimes he has and he just gets all my chips and sometimes he's done, you know, because like he's just going to keep doing things like this, you know, and mostly people fold. Yeah. And sometimes he has it and they call and like mostly can't, it's hard for him to have it, even though there's a lot of value. It's still actually hard for him to have it, right? You're getting three to one as 10. 
That's good. If we think he really has all the bluffs of all kinds, which clearly he does. Yeah. Right? He doesn't even really block anything. Right. There's no, he's not blocking the nuts or anything. Right? No. He's not blocking Broadway. No. There's no Broadway to block. Nope. This is just, uh, I'm going to go all in now. I mean, it is. He doesn't even have the king of diamonds. Right. He's the king of hearts. Right. The six of clubs. So this is just, uh, he's just, all Brent's trying to do is tell a great story. Yeah. Which he is telling. Right. The, the sizing is everything here. It's the, the story that the sizing is telling is absolutely everything here. By the way, this is the exact same King Six that Patrick Antonius had last week. I mean, cool. What a world. No one cares. What a world <laughs> we live in. So, Tan ultimately folds. Yeah. And I think it's because of the sizing. Yeah, it's like, he's like, would you, if you're bluffing, wouldn't you just shove the turn? Right. Wouldn't you just shove the turn? And I totally get where Tan's coming me from. Me too. Like, but, you go into the hand with a plan of like, okay, if I flop stuff, it's Bryn Kenny, I have to hold on. But this is how Bryn Kenny keeps getting there because he's like doing stuff that other people aren't doing. He's like, well, it's a bluff, but I'm still going to bet 113K in the turn. The thing is this. I agree with all of that and I understand it all. When you are tan and Bryn bets 113K on the turn, you have to have a plan for the river at that point. He's got half a pot left. Yeah. You have to already decide what you're doing on the river, I think. Now, you immediately, you could change your mind based on cards that come out. If Tells, Bryn, if if Bryn somehow like does a tell. tell. Yeah. Bryn, you know, Bryn before has called out his hand. Out loud once, yeah, by accident. Well, before. not his entire hand. No, but he said he. But you yeah. know, if he said he had, if he said he had an ace, we'd probably fold, right? Yeah. Um. But but short of that kind of a thing, the plan has to be: if we call 113 on the turn, we have to call the river, right? Now, Bryn must be picking his opponent very carefully to, to, yeah. to do this because a lot of guys when they call, like I'm a I'm a great guy who is if he calls 113 on the turn is calling the river for half a pot almost always. Like I've already committed, and I know that. You know what I mean? And like, congratulations, you got it all. I was calling the shove on the turn anyway. Like, doesn't matter how it goes, and I'm not going to let you like confuse me into folding. You know, kind of a thing. Um, now, there's some players where maybe that's different. You know, there's some super tight players yeah. where I would actually play that differently. Where I know if they bet the river, they actually always have it. But Brent Kenny's not one of those players. And there's lots of at the at the highest levels, there aren't that many of those guys. No, right. Um, so this is, I think, the mistake in the hand is tan should either be really folding the turn or calling the river. I don't see how you can do call fold. That seems like the, the mistake to me. I'm not saying it's cool. I know it sucks. Maybe he just thinks Bryn Kenny is giving up a lot. Yeah. But I mean, it's... Bryn he, Kenny isn't. Look. I look know, what but, he has. He's not giving up. I know, but I mean, like... It's so, it's so anything. easy to sit here and talk about it like this, but he three bet and triple barrels. I know. It's and he super used strong. sizing that he really didn't have to use that made it look super strong. Fold the turn then. I know, I and know. fold the turn. I understand all that, but, but fold I'm the turn. But I'm saying this is how Bryn Kenny always has so many chips. Like, he has nothing, nothing, and he's supposed to lose the entire tournament here, but because he is creative with the sizing and, like, willing to risk being called on the turn more frequently in order to get it through on the river, he's going to have a lot more chips than other players are going to have in spots. I mean, this sizing must just work against a whole big population. Of oh, players, yeah, for right? sure. Because it's, like, sure. super, super strong. You know who did this... Um, the year uh, Kui Win won, the guy who finished fourth. John Hesp? No. Wrong <laughs> year. <laughs> um, the guy who bluffed it all off to Gordon Veo. The guy with ace-king, three-bet Veo. Veo had eights. Veo flopped a set. Oh, and the Ru- guy just Ruzitska went, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. He, and he went bet, bet, and he had half a pot left and went all in on oh, the Oh, yeah. And it looked super strong. And Veo, we thought, was the kind of guy who absolutely folds the river almost everything on Except the river. Except that he had a set. But he had a set. And Veo knows that he at least he's that guy and is going to never raise a set until the, until the guy goes all in. So good for Veo to do that. That's also a spot where it should work more frequently at the main event final table versus a 64K yes. six max buy-in. You Absolutely. Know, like the scaredness is so much higher at the main event final table. Right. 
Right. It's a really, really big spot. And if anything, Ruzicka is really unlucky that Veo had one of the few combos that actually can call him all the way down. Yeah. Um, but like, I think there's, I think Tan makes a few pretty clear mistakes here, though. And one of them is pre-flop. We really didn't like the call. Oh, I think that's the most obvious mistake. He sets himself up to be screwed in this whole hand by yeah. calling here. But once he decides to call, when you call with this hand at this stack depth against Bryn freaking Kenny, the plan has to be, and I said it at the time, even though I didn't know how this hand played out exactly. Um, you know, if we're calling, we have to hold on if we hit. We just have to because it's Bryn Kenny. And Bryn, Bryn's job is to tell a good story, and he's really good at it. But we can't let that dissuade us. If we have top pair, we have to hold on. Otherwise, why are we calling in the first place? Fold or shove. Fold if you don't want to deal with this. That's fine. Shoving is better. I th- we, we both agreed shoving was the best option. Yeah. And one of the reasons why is so you don't do this. Yep. The worst is to get bluffed off. Not just the best hand, but clearly the best hand. Meaning like you actually had top pair. It's like you had ace high and you got bluffed off it. You flopped well enough at these stack depths that you should never be folding and you fold it anyway. Like that's the ultimate disaster. Mm-hmm. I would guess Bryn Kenny didn't think he was folding out an ace here. I bet he thought he was still folding out like king queen. Is my maybe, guess. maybe I don't know. I, I gotta say, like, I know it probably wouldn't work against you if you were, you know, in a sixty-four thousand dollars tournament and weren't playing scared. Yeah, I would have but, to not be playing scared, but I wouldn't take this line either way. Right, of course. But like, this hand is so impressive to me mm-hmm. from Bryn Kenny. It just like shows how much of an exploitative baller he is. I mean, yes, but only because it worked, right? When but, every time the guy calls the river, we're like. Yeah, that's an obvious plan. I, I, I know, I know, but but I'm I'm you know basing this on his results and yeah. how frequently he seems like he's at every Triton final table. It does, and it seems like he often has absolutely nothing and is putting pressure on people. Yeah. And even everyone knows he's doing this, it still works out, which I don't get at all. He wins a lot of them too. I mean, I'm gonna just look him up real quick. Oh no, he seems to win the most, the the majority of them. Um, remember, the, well, there's the Dan Smith hand where he played against Dan Smith and he three-bet Dan Smith. Dan Smith had ace-10 and oh, like yeah. 35 and lines. And he got value with his jack-four. Dan Smith called him down with ace-high. It went, uh, what was it? It was bet, call, check, check, bet, call, I think. Uh, and yeah, he got value with like fifth pair or something like that, fourth pair against Dan Smith's ace-10. And Dan Smith called a huge bet on the river with ace-high. And Bryn Kenny knew Dan Smith was going to... The thing is, Bryn Kenny knows his customer. Yeah. That's what it is. He's not going to do this to Dan Smith. Dan Smith is going to call him. That's why I'm calling him an exploitative baller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows his... I mean, like, this is extremely impressive on, on its own, this, this head and mob stuff. But So he's got $35 million in earnings, which makes him fourth all time. But his best live cash is $3 million. That just means he's consistent. He's like... It's not like he won the main event or, mm-hmm. like, won a super high roller for, for $15 million to shore that up. He does play all like the hundred Ks and two hundred fifty Ks and stuff like sure. that. Sure. So, but still, you make a good point. It's just you know he's an exploitative baller, man. Yeah. Yeah, like the fact that he's getting top pair to fold here with this super like call me line, and then getting Dan Smith to call with ace high when he's got like fourth pair with that other line. Like those are that's pretty interesting that he can pull off both of those things. Most people can't do both; they can do one or the other. Okay, you know? so listen to this. Okay, seventh of March. Uh, two million HK buy-in. So, how much does that convert to? That's like that a, is quarter million. Okay, so a quarter million dollar buy-in. Bryn Kenny gets second on the seventh of March for three million dollars. Okay, the sixth of May, uh, five hundred HK buy-in. So sixty-four thousand. Six. That's yeah, this one. Like this one. He. That's not this one. Okay, but he gets first mm-hmm. for one point four million. Then on the eighth of May, two days later, one million HK buy-in. He gets first for $2.7 million. He is destroying it. Yeah, he really is. 
crushing these things so hard. It's really impressive. I feel like it's because people just are overfolding to him. For yeah. For the most part. Yeah. And like, it just feels like people should be calling more, but he's doing, he knows how to manipulate and he knows his customer. Yeah. That's, that is a big part of it. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I'm saying like, I would call here, but maybe he would never put himself in this position against me. Right. Maybe he would find other ways to destroy you. Right. He would be like, well, I'm going to have to have it against that guy. Yeah. So I'll just wait and have it against him. And, and then you're going to trick yourself, by the way, yeah. this thought process right now that you're having is something you might have while you're sitting at the mm-hmm. table with Brent Kenny, which makes you fold in this spot. If I, I mean, you know, it's, since he's an exploitative baller, I can't say that that isn't the case. Yeah. yeah. I doubt I would ever call the turn setting up a half pot shove on the river with a good, with a made hand that's good enough and fold the river. You know what I mean? I just doubt it. Yeah. yeah. Against, yeah. against a player who doesn't have to have it. You know what I mean? But then, you'll, I, but then you'll be like, but he knows that I'm this type of guy. How can he? He has to have it. <laughs> no, but, but I would say it's Bryn Kenny. He could be 12 levels past me. I'm not going to try and figure it out. That's, that's, what I, that's, yeah. that's the only way to do it against a guy like that. Well, this. 12 is too many. He has to be an odd number past you to be beating you. I mean, any number past one is all the same. No, no, because if you go, because each level then re- makes the previous level redundant and then goes no, back. No, 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 it's, it's not. Even the levels, even are, the are, levels are, don't op, aren't always just opposite each other. There can be stuff in, but you can do other things. No.